Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Road to Rediscovery. I'm Aubrey Johnson, your host. This is a special episode where we discuss codependency and the damaging effects it can have on relationships. Codependency is an excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a person, also referred to as relationship addiction. It's a learned behavior that can be passed down from one generation to another and often leads to relationships that are one-sided, emotionally destructive, and or abusive. I had a chat with Mandy Durrell, who was raised in a codependent environment by way of her parents. As she got older, she's made some discoveries and rediscoveries, turned her life around, and reaches out to help others with the same affliction. She'll share with you the struggles she had as a child, just wanting to be a kid and do kid things, but subjected to adult situations and adult problems in her formative years. Mandy and I want to make it clear to all of you that while codependency can ruin relationships as well as one's ability to trust others, there is always hope right around the corner. You are never alone. If you're currently in a codependent relationship, please listen to this episode and you'll hear who to contact for help. If you have a loved one in a codependent relationship, please share this episode with them. Here's my chat with Mandy. Mandy, welcome to Road to Rediscovery. Thank you. Thank you, Aubrey. I'm happy to be here. Oh, fantastic. We're happy to have you. Now, Mandy, there are two types of people in a codependent relationship. Is that correct? Uh, basically, one who relies and one who is relied upon? That is absolutely correct. There's one giving their all and one taking it all in. <laughs> gotcha. Can you share with the listeners uh, which type you closely related to growing up and, and des- describe for us your formative years, your upbringing? Yeah, so I was definitely the type that was giving my all, and uh, we call this people-pleasing in common language, but I grew up being a people-pleaser, being someone who gives, because my parents were the relationship that took all from me. So as a kid, I was not treated as a child. I was treated as an adult. I was expected to know how to do things without any guidance. I was expected to contribute to the household. If I did not contribute to the household, I was in trouble uh, and therefore punished with consequences for not doing what I should know how to do, even though nobody taught me. And most importantly, my parents had a very rough marriage, but instead of going to a marriage counselor or talking it out with a family friend, they each talked to me individually and privately. So we would be driving to and from stores and my mother would be complaining about my father and my father would be complaining about my mother. And it was my responsibility to communicate this back to them to help strengthen their relationships. So being a little kid, I was also treated as a professional counselor, which in turn left me with no energy for myself and no identity for myself. It was all a mirror of whatever my parents needed me to give to them. And it made it hard for for you to just just simply be a, be a child, be a kid, right? Absolutely. There were times when my brothers and my sister would be playing and I was always the responsible one doing something for them, taking care of them in some way, uh, guiding them through life. But no one was giving that back to me. So kids are supposed to play and to learn on their own. But when you're being treated as an adult, you don't you're not allowed to play because playing is equal to laziness in the eyes of the person that's taking from you. When you're playing and doing cute things, according to my parents, 
you're taking away from time you should be giving to them. Oh, wow. So as a child, you are hearing and, and being faced with adult situations. Yes, absolutely. Um, I remember one time my brother made a very poor choice and I decided to write him a letter about it. And my parents, rather than yell at me for it, they just told me, thank you. And my first thought was, why am I the one writing the letter to him? They should be talking to him. It's their son. But that's how I was raised to believe that it was my responsibility. Oh my, what, what an experience. So, so with your parents having this dependency on you as a child, um, were you able to sense that something was, was amiss, uh, but, but too young to know exactly what it was, or was this just the way of life as you knew it, or were you able to specifically like pinpoint what it was amiss? I couldn't really tell at that age. I knew something was wrong. I ended up being a very angry child, and eventually I decided to shut my parents out emotionally. So if they directed me or guided me, I just pretended not to hear them, uh, which got me into even more trouble. So my parents threatened to me that if I continued to act that way, I would be leaving. Uh, they would make fake phone calls to child services or threaten to make fake phone calls. They would pick up the phone and dial but never follow through. So... With that, I felt threatened and kind of put in a corner. So I decided to say, all right, I'm just going to do what they tell me to do. I'm going to be very compliant. But it still made me very angry and very closed off. Uh, in school, I was very compliant as well. So all of my report cards said very conscientious, very conscientious. Well, being conscientious is great if you're doing it for yourself. But doing it because you feel that you have to do what the adults want you to do is not a good behavior. So spent my whole childhood being what other people wanted me to be while also feeling very angry inside about that. Wow. Man, that's uh, uh, what an ordeal for a child to, to go through. And, and it's almost as if your spirit was broken as a child. Man. Gotcha. So is it is it fair to say... Um, that the one in the relationship who is being, you know, relied upon, um, yourself in this case, um, at some point, whether they know it or not, um, could they be inadvertently like serving as an enabler when they're, when they're serving or doing for those who's relying upon them? Yes, because if you develop these codependency traits, whether by mm -hmm. training or expectation, they mm -hmm. sit with you and then you... Uh, certainly become an enabler and allow people to cross boundaries. So most most healthy people have good boundaries where they stop and say, no, what you're doing is not appropriate. But I never learned those boundaries. So we end up enabling not just uh, the people that taught us codependency, but everyone of the relationships we have becomes enabled. So, And when you are an enabler, people over-rely on you to the point that they're not solving their own problems. They're wanting you to solve their problems for them. And even if that isn't the case where they want you to, you're still going out of your way to do that. So I became very good at anticipating what other people's problems were, pre-fixing them. Right. And what that does, it, it enables them and it also disables them because they no longer have to have the skill to do anything when someone like me is doing it all for them. Gotcha. I see. I see. So, my goodness, what... What an ordeal. I mean, and, and 
and you know we love our parents and and we're taught to do what they say you know and 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 it's one thing in reaction to what you've been going through to shut down emotionally you know but um you know as as the name of this podcast the road to rediscovery when when you have that moment where you discover and start to turn things around right um how 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 did you and when did you find the strength to address this in a healthy way it was not until about four years ago actually uh i was married at one point and the reason there were two reasons i got married one was to get away from my parents right which i think is the reason a lot of people get married actually and the second reason was because i was still in that codependency state so the person i was with was one who i gave everything to and that person took everything uh. so uh being in that relationship and getting married did not feel okay and I went and saw a therapist for the very first time. And when I spoke to my therapist about what was going on, mm-hmm. uh, she wonderfully expa- explained to me what codependency was. She gave me the definition of it, and it is exactly what you said, an addiction to people or relationship addiction, mm-hmm. and recommended to me to continue therapy, but also to go to a 12-step group for codependency. So uh, I went to my first 12-step meeting for Codependence Anonymous, and just like any 12-step group, they uh, they go through the same steps that Alcoholics Anonymous do, but it's about relationship addiction. So finally seeing those traits and, and resonating with them and knowing that they do apply to who I am was really when I started to see, okay, this is what's been going on. Um, in the same timeline, my parents made a really... Uh, Typical choice, I guess. And I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was. My father decided to have an affair. And Mm. when he had the affair, he told me about it. Right? It goes back to complaining about the marriage to me. So he told me about his affair and how he was going to leave my mom. And because I was a codependent, I said, okay, okay, I'm here for you, whatever you need. And my mother then called me one day and said, oh, your father's having an affair. And I said, oh, I did not know. Total lie. And, uh... Then the next day, they both called me and said they were sorry for any chaos they caused and they were going to stay together. And then the day after that, they said, we're going to celebrate your brother's birthday at such and such a place at this time. Hope to see you there. So this was the nail in the coffin for me. This was when I realized I can't continue on in a relationship in this way. It's time for me to start giving back to myself. I can't be encased in someone else's drama. I need to heal and to know who I want to be. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so when it came to anxiety and depression, were these two things a manifestation of that codependent environment or, or were they separately triggered? I believe they were a manifestation of codependency. When you okay. have any emotions that you're not dealing with, they are going to come out in some way, whether that be in a uh, alcohol addiction or narcotics or any other kind of addiction or just an overall mood that you're in. And when our emotions are locked up inside us and they come, they're going to come out in the forms of whatever they manifest as. In my case, it was anxiety and depression because I was so good at controlling and doing what other people wanted. I wasn't giving to myself and that drains you. And so your brain sends a message to you that says something's not okay. And it takes a long time to acknowledge that for some people. So 
the longer it takes to acknowledge it or get help, the more likely you are to develop symptoms. So I had anxiety and depression symptoms for my whole life and didn't even realize it until I started attending therapy. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, Mandy, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a strong believer when people make a significant transition in their lives where one door closes and another door opens or, or, or they're entering a new chapter or season, however you want to call it, um, you are either running from something or you're running to something. And um, in, in your case, you were running to recovery you were running to you know um fixing yourself and 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 serving and helping yourself you know and uh and and that difference between running away from something and running towards something um can make a big difference in in the outcome you know and and how you live today for sure and running to recovery uh as a codependent has left a lot of relationships terminated so when you move from pre-recovery to recovery, Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't respond well to that. And uh, I ended up terminating my communication with my parents after debating back and forth with myself because they wouldn't, they didn't appreciate the fact that I was taking care of myself. It was considered selfish. So it was a relationship that had to go. Uh, That, that was a tough decision to make, wasn't it? I mean, there was a lot of debate, self-debate you had going on. Yes, it was very hard. Uh, I did a lot of reading up on this kind of thing, mm-hmm. and I spoke with other people who had terminated relationships with their parents or and those who did repair work with their parents. So for now, for the past three years, I've had no relationship with my parents. I anticipate it will stay that way. I don't know. Uh, recovery is a journey. It starts and ends in all sorts of different ways, so we will say. You know, Mandy, you are exactly right, and that kind of segues into the next thing that I really, really want our listeners to be aware of. You know, I think it's important that, you know, everyone understands that for people managing through these, uh, these, these struggles like codependency, addiction, or major injury, etc., you know, this is an ongoing process that can still present challenges. So, um, and, and you may, I think you may have answered this before, um, but can you explain um, a point in your life where you've reflected on past events and learned a different approach for responding to events moving forward? You know, and, and how are you currently managing this through like a support group or, or mentorship? What does that look like? Yeah, so uh, the biggest thing with codependency or relationship addiction is learning how to manage and have healthy relationships. Growing up, I didn't know what a healthy relationship looked like, and I had a few friends here and there, but that it pretty much left at surface friendships. Right. I then, as an adult, developed more codependent friendships and relationships, and I'm still paying for that today. Um, mm. When I recognized that I was still practicing codependent behaviors even uh, up to a few years ago, it was time for me to figure out what to do with those relationships. So that's another example of when, you know, either I had to terminate the relationship or try to repair it or make it go into a different direction. And in some cases, the relationship was terminated. In some cases, we repaired it. And in other cases, uh, we kind of muddled through and and let it go into a new form of healthiness. So the problem is in relationships that I have terminated that 
I still see people in. So, for example, my coworkers, I've developed codependent friendships with some of them. We've ended up terminating the relationship because it wasn't appropriate or healthy for either of us, but we still have to work together. So it still presents challenges in that way. Sure. But because of having to relearn this over and over again as I practice and develop healthy friendships, my newer relationships in the last couple of years have been incredibly healthy. I'm very happy with my friendships. It's an equal playing field. We give and take the same amount. Um, and there's really strong verbal and emotional boundaries. So we make our expectations clear for each other. And I, the resentment disappears in those relationships because communication grows. And we tell each other what we need. So different from what I knew growing up. Awesome. That is really, really different. And, and again, for the listeners' clarification, I just want to emphasize, and, and Mandy, if you could please, um, please concur, you know, when it comes to either the giver or the taker in a codependent relationship, um, no matter which role you have, when you are trying to recover and, and, and learn to have healthy relationships, uh, it's not just the taker that needs to learn how not to have a codependent relationship. The giver also needs to learn as well, right? Absolutely. That's very important. So a lot of, uh, a lot of people that are codependent are typically in relationships with alcoholics. That's a very common theme. Right. And the codependent person, for example, will either hide alcohol or monitor their alcohol usage or try to get them to rehab. It's up to the codependent person to step back and say, wait a minute, that's their problem in their life. I need to let them do what they are going to do regardless of how it affects me, which is a huge undertaking, but eventually it gives the other person the power to go through their own recovery journey. It surely does, you know, and and who are we to deprive them of that power and try to step in, right? Um, and, and we also need to be able to take care of ourselves, too. So um, that's, that's, a, that's an awesome point. Um, thank you. Thank you for, um, for elaborating on that. Uh, um, awesome. Cool. Well, we are now at the segment, Mandy, where um, we go through something I like to call three for the road. There are three rapid fire, impactful yet thought provoking questions that I ask. Try to answer in five words or less. If you, if you go over five words, that's okay, too. But uh, uh, I usually end the segments with this uh, three for the road. Do you think you're up for it? I'm ready. All right. Okay. Well, here we go. Question number one. What song can almost instantly remove any sadness you have on a given day? Uh, Reba McIntyre, Gonna Take That Mountain. Oh, nice. A very inspiring (laughs) song, too, for sure. Yes. Nice. Okay. Number two. If you could say just five reassuring words to someone struggling through what you've been going through, what would they be? Faith, patience, focus, consistency, and support. Fantastic. I'm digging it. I'm digging it, Mandy. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, question number three. And why am I asking question number three? Who, well, I know why, because it's called Three for the Road, but why am I asking this particular question? I don't know, because uh, it just stirs up thought. Name three non-electronic items you would want to have 
if you're stranded on an island? Oh, wow. Okay, definitely a book. Okay. Uh, a water bottle. Water bottle. Very nice. And my yoga mat. Hey, I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, those are uh, three very useful items, uh, non-electronic. That's awesome. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, Mandy, thank you for participating in Three for the Road. Really appreciate it. And to the listeners, for more information on codependency, please visit coda.org. This is the Codependence Anonymous International website where you can learn more about codependency, find meetings to attend, connect with people, read articles, and so much more. So for those of you going through this, please listen. Please listen. You are not alone. And there's help right around the corner from people who care. And lastly, please know this. It is a human right to have relationships that are healthy and functional. Hope is never lost. And once again, that's CODA, C-O-D-A dot org. Mandy, it's been an honor and privilege having you on the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. And a big thanks to all of you for checking in and listening. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends and family. The Road to Rediscovery is a part of a movement, part of a revolution. And guess what? You're now part of it. So together, we are roadies, and it sure feels good having you on the journey. Thanks again. We'll chat again soon.